Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money on Purpose podcast. I am your host, Donette Palmore, and today my guest and I will be talking about how to escape that hustle culture and build a life of abundance. But let me introduce you to TJ Wei. Uh, TJ is your very Asian, non-binary, gluten and dairy-free money habits coach on track to retire by 40. TJ helps small business owners escape the hustle culture and build a life of abundance through better money habits and financial systems. After over a decade in the corporate America, as an IT project manager, TJ is putting that degree to use, supporting small business owners in adopting ZER, Abundance First, cash flow management methodology. TJ is also launching the Asian Detox podcast on August 10th. Well, first of all, congratulations on that. Thank you. Welcome to Your Money on Purpose, a podcast for professional and entrepreneurial women looking to gain clarity and control of their business and personal finances. I'm your host, Donette Palmore. And on this podcast, I am going to be talking to mompreneurs, financial coaches, business owners, CPAs, and everyone in between as we discover ways to give your money more purpose. Welcome to the show, and I am so thankful that you're here and um, sharing with us today. I'd like to get a little bit more into your money story um, and how it brought you to where you are today. And your story is a little bit different, um, and it's not the usual negativity uh, of money or around money. And so would you be willing to share that with us? Absolutely. So I would say that I have, for the most part, a positive money story. There's always going to be something negative in there. I would, I can't imagine somebody getting through life without having something negative in their money story. And um, it really just starts with my parents and primarily my mom. Um, both my parents are immigrants from Taiwan and they came to America with, you know, like English was their second language. They'd never been on an airplane before when they arrived in America. And they had to learn an entirely new money system to survive just to sustain themselves, much less raise myself and my brother. And I like have to give all credit to my mom in terms of being like visibly that female role model of somebody who handled all the finances in the household, even though my dad was the breadwinner and he's the one that when got like the large tech job and was doing all the work outside of the house, my mom raised my brother and I and modeled how to cut coupons, how to find sales, how to use credit card rewards points. And she played in the stock market. That's how we translate it in, um, in Chinese is, um, is literally the translation is play stocks. It's not oh, okay. like, so it's not trading stocks in Chinese. That's why I always say she plays in the stock market, even though it's more serious than that. And it is um, kind of a game sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and me. There, there's that gambling addiction aspect to it. Uh, and just having her as that role model, I feel like is the opposite of what we typically see in America, where the, the female is considered bad with money for whatever reason, just because like historically we didn't allow women to like own a mortgage by themselves in the, until like the fifties, right? All of those stories that other people might've had, I got to have the opposite because of my mother. That's awesome. I love that. And we need so many more role models like that, opening that conversation in the home from when you're little, showing them how to do these things and taking them along with you on the ride. Absolutely. That's so awesome. Um, so quick fun fact, you said about women um, not being able to have a mortgage, right? So in 1988, um, this 
organization called NABO, National Association of Women Business Owners. They do a lot of, uh, they work with a lot of the laws and legislations for women business owners. And in 1988, they passed a law that women could get a business loan without the signature of a man. Oh, man. (laughs) And you think about 1988, that's not that long ago, right? No, that's when my brother was born. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was born in a good year. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So... We, we hear a lot of this, um, you have to get up at 4am and work all day and sleep two hours and then do it again. And don't go out with your friends, just put your head down and work if you want to be successful. And, you know, it probably works for some people. Um, but I think for, for most, it does some harm as we were, we were talking about right before this, um, how, first of all, what kind of harm do you think it's causing? Do you see it causing people? So the the hustle culture thing is, I see it as a temporary thing. Like it's, it's certainly possible. It helps people get a lot done, but it's never meant to be something you do long-term. And I have to be like transparent here, right? Cause I was definitely a part of that hustle culture. And that's part of what got me on track to retire by 40 was by doing the hard work and like going to all those extracurriculars or the extra mixers and networking events to get myself in a great position to be where I am today. Uh, But it's definitely your body is not designed to do that long term. And there are definitely people out there who can sustain it for longer than others. Everybody's different. And I will also have to, to insert here, there's also a difference between a male body and a female body and how well they can handle that constant pressure Mm. because women have a separate rhythm that they go through with their menstrual cycle that isn't accounted for in a lot of like the four hour work week types of conversations that are tested on men. And it's super important beyond just the, the basic science of you need to get at least six hours of sleep as an adult in order for your brain function to do well. And you can't work more than 44 hours a week before your productivity actually drops off by 80% for every 45 minutes afterwards. Wow. Wow. So there's all this (laughs) basic science that is gender neutral. And then you have to take into account who you are yourself, where you are in your age range, whether or not you're getting the nutrients that you need in order to sustain your body, whether or not you're getting enough sleep so that you can think clearly and not make mistakes. Right. And it's really hard to get out of it once you are in that sleep deprived mode because you already are in that like that place where your brain is incapable of making good judgment calls. So to get yourself back out, that's why typically we see people hit rock bottom first before they come back out of it. They usually get hospitalized, they have poor mental health and they attempt to take their lives. Oh Those goodness. kinds of stories are typically where you have to hit first because you're in such a, a mode of like, well, there's no way to get out of this. I've gotten my, I've dug my own hole and it gets worse and worse until you hit rock bottom. Wow. Okay. So that doesn't really sound like that's a great price to pay. (laughs) You know, not for me, it's not. (laughs) Yeah. That, I mean, you know, if you're not healthy mentally, physically, what can you do? It, you feel sick, you feel bad and you're not able to get other things done. So I think taking your health into consideration is number one. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of people try to get away with hustle culture earlier on in their lives, because it's very true in our 20s that we can get away (laughs) with a lot. Our body will forgive us. At least in the short term, it feels like your body forgives you. But there are certainly long-term consequences that you don't notice until you hit those later decades. And that's when you have to slow down and you have to recognize that 
Like maybe you were able to do things when you were younger that your body's not going to let you do anymore. We all feel that when we try to go on alcohol binges and we're like, nope, that didn't work anymore. <laughs> right. So it's important. My, my biggest thing about escaping the hustle culture is about slowing down and mm. recognizing like how far you've come from where you started. And that is both in the form of, okay, you've aged. So things have changed, right? Your circumstances, <laughs> maybe you have kids, all of these things. It will definitely impact the way you show up in whatever you're trying to do. And there's an aspect of like learning to express gratitude mm. because the hustle culture is designed around this concept of like, you always need more. There's always another goal you're trying to hit. There's this ladder you're trying to climb. And it rarely gives you an opportunity to stop and say, I am so thankful for X opportunity, for this job that allows me to feed myself, for the health that you do have available to you, or the fact that you have a roof over your, over your head, or a family that will support you. All of these things generally is not built into the way we teach like that hustle culture mentality. And it's super important to move yourself towards a place of abundance by recognizing how far you already are. I love that. So looking at our milestones, the steps that we have taken, even though, you know, we always feel like there's always going to be more because <laughs> we're, we should always be evolving. Right. And yes. uh, becoming better. Um, but yeah, I think stopping to say, Hey, darn it. Look what I've done already. I've come this far. I, I think that's so important in um, our journey in this life and really Absolutely. stopping to recognize it. And you said, uh, gratitude. Yes. That's huge. That's huge. And it's so important because like, I, I have to point out for people, I personally, if I've taken the Clifton strengths exam and it says one of my top five strengths is being futuristic, which means I'm a planner. I'm always thinking about the next thing. I'm trying to like get myself to another big milestone. And that's why it's important to me because it's built into my personality mm. that I'm always looking for the next thing. So I need to slow down. I need to say, okay, just because I haven't like time traveled to my next milestone <laughs> yet doesn't mean that I haven't done amazing things in the past and I have to force myself to think about how far I've come. And then in the sense of generational wealth, how far it was for my parents to come to America to get me to where I am today, that big transition in an age where there wasn't internet to help them figure out where they could live or meet new friends before they got here. None of that existed. They didn't know anybody when they moved to Texas. Wow. That is a huge journey, but that's so awesome. I love it. And we could probably figure these things out ourselves. We rely so much on the internet, the doing these things, but we almost naturally have that in ourselves. We just have to find it and figure mm -hmm. it out. Yes. So how in the world do we get out of this rut? How do we change that mindset? So beyond slowing down and expressing gratitude, you start setting boundaries. And I would highly recommend James Clear's Atomic Habits book. That's a great way to start understanding, first of all, what is a habit? And then also extending that into how to define a boundary. So he doesn't explicitly talk about boundaries in his book, but I always take that as once you decide you have a boundary that you want to hold for yourself, what is the best way to support that? What habits do you need to have? How do you trigger for yourself that, hey, this thing happened and therefore I need to do this in order to uphold what I need in order to sustain myself and build that into your life one step at a time, one boundary at a time, one habit at a time. And it's 
big about like nuanced intentionality and planning for your future and who you want to be in the future. And James Clear talks about this too, of instilling in yourself an identity that you want to be. So you may not feel like you are a runner right now, but if you decide you want to be a runner, you start calling yourself a runner Mm -hmm. so that you can start taking on that mentality and embodying that identity as you build in those habits that get you to what a runner is in your mindset. So for abundance mindset for me, that means, okay, if I need to be rested in order to do well at my job, and some of my job as a small business owner is to sell, and I don't want to be one of those desperate salesmen that are just copying, pasting a script into your inbox and just throwing (laughs) offers at you, that feels super like they're just, it's gross to me, right? Like that it's, um, we call it bro marketing in one of my groups. And, <laughs> and I don't like that. So I draw that boundary for myself. I never want to be there. Okay. Well, what gets me there? What happens in my life that triggers me to behave like that? So I have to define what that negative behavior is. And then I have to replace that with a positive thing. So if what triggers me to be a a more desperate marketer is that I feel like I'm out of money or like I need to have money come in the door. What needs to happen in order to change my perspective on where I am financially? And for me, that's cash flow management. And that's part of my abundance first method is understanding that, okay, as a small business owner, money's not going to be consistent all year round. It's not a salary. That's not how this works. And what do I have to do to make sure that I know that there's always money in the bank? So that means I have my emergency fund is called my abundance fund. And I I have like set salary for myself. And I know how many hours I have to work in order to get my bare minimum personal expenses paid. And all of that goes into making me feel confident that I have enough to take care of myself and everything on top of that is gravy. So... I don't have to be desperate when I go to sell to people, that when I reach out to people, I get to be my genuine, authentic self and say, hey, I think I have something that might help you out. Let's chat and see if I do. And if not, maybe I know somebody who can support you in the way that you need to be supported. And that feels much better to me than to be that um, in that hustle culture mentality where I'm desperate for the sale or I feel like I that there's never enough and that that that's how I get myself to a place of abundance. That that's great and I think the people appreciate that as well. Right? Cuz you, re- so. <laughs> you relieve that pressure from them. You're not pressuring them. They can just be like, "Okay, I can either say yes or no and I'm not going to get, you know, a thousand more emails or, you know, please buy, please buy, please buy. Absolutely. Um, so that's great. I love that. And, and I don't like to sell either. <laughs> you know, mm, we want to, <laughs> no, we just want to offer this value and see if we're a good fit for, for people. And, and that's, I think a great way to go. But also you said coming from an abundance mindset, knowing what your personal finances are costing and your business yes. so that you can say, okay, this is my minimum. And then I get to do, you know, whatever I want, but at least, you know, that, and I find that a lot of people don't even know that. Absolutely. That, that is a big thing. If you're feeling overwhelmed by your finances, whether or not it's personal or business, it's most likely because you don't know your numbers and you only overcome that by looking at your numbers. Yes. As scary as it may be, <laughs> I say face the fear and really the fear just disappears because we don't, I mean, it may not be what we want to see, 
but at least we know what it is and we know what we have to do to change where you stand change it. Yeah. exactly and it gives you all that the more peace i would say uh in being able to move forward so um what how can we live this life of abundance what maybe give us one or two things that we could take away to live this life of abundance and really just change, get out of this hustle culture, um, being able to do the things that are important to us. Cause I think sometimes when we get into that, um, we leave out things that are important to us and, and we don't stop and enjoy our life. Yeah. That's a big part of it. So the, the intentionality and the planning is, it does involve understanding what is important to you. It's about prioritizing what you need to have in your life in order to be happy, which I know is very abstract for most of us. And it takes a lot to to learn bit by bit. So this isn't something that you get to sit down and do once for half an hour and suddenly you're set for the rest of your life. It's something that you have to constantly be evaluating and decide for yourself. So when I was working in um, corporate America, the rule was that I had to eat lunch. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like I ran a lot of meetings. I was back to back all the time. But if I didn't eat, I was going to bite somebody's head off. So nobody wants that, right? So I had to be able to hold that boundary of, listen, either I'm going to eat during this meeting or you're going to give me the 30 minutes it takes for me to scarf something down. And that was my starting point of making sure my body was nourished enough so mm. that first of all, I could be a coworker everybody wanted to be around. And second of all, so that I could stay healthy. And then that it started with just making sure I could eat, extended into not only am I going to eat, but I'm also going to eat something healthy. So I'm not going to be in a place where I'm working from home and I only have 30 minutes. So I'm like eating a box of cereal because I don't have time to cook or I'm ordering out all the time. So it's really hitting my pocketbook. Like those kinds of things hit boundaries for me of like, if this is what's happening, like if this is the symptom of how stressed I am or how busy I am, I have to have conversations with my manager, with my team to say, hey, this is how this work is impacting me. What can we do about it? Can we take off workload? Can I get in project management, it would be a project coordinator would be my assistant or an intern or something to help you offload those things that maybe aren't actually um, things that you personally have to do, things you can delegate. So learning those skills is also super important. I know a lot of uh, a lot of my friends actually hire like house cleaners or people to do their dishes and stuff, and like that may be counterintuitive for people who were raised as females, and like it's a very hard line to cross over when you're raised female and you're trying to figure out how to delegate like domestic chores. I but have it, no it's problem a with the housekeeper. <laughs> I'm still struggling with it. Um, I've, I've gotten like, I got the robot vacuum and a robot litter cleaner. And that's like, as far as I've come to having regular help. In little steps, help. right? And I'm taking baby steps on that. But that's how you start saying, okay, start with something you can do. That's something achievable. And make that such a habit that once you've done it enough, you can go, how can I make this even better? How can I make it so that I absolutely can support the things that I need to prioritize in my life? And those priorities will change and it's a constant struggle, but have those conversations with yourself or ask a family member or best friend say, what's an area that I could really use some support in? Or where do you see that I need to be paying more attention? And however it is that helps you decide, write it out in a journal, put it on a whiteboard, whatever it is, just start. And if you backslide, you backslide. That's the way habits are. And you can find new ways to implement them to make them work for you as things change in your life. But that's really where it begins. 
So you're saying we need to be an advocate for ourselves. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that is the, once you put it in those terms, yes, it, it sounds a little daunting, but it, it absolutely is a fact because hustle culture is actually designed to be exploitative. It's designed by large corporations, the big machines, to get you to not think before you leap. Mm. And it is great for them, right? If they pay you salary, yeah. if you're working overtime, that's free for them. It costs them nothing except your health. Right. Right. And it's costing you everything, essentially. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I think that's great. Stand up for yourself. Know what your limitations are. And I'm also, you know, I get hangry. Um, I'm not a nice person when I'm not ha when I don't have food in my body. So totally get that. And I love that you recognize that like, okay, I'm going to probably, you know, say something I shouldn't be saying, or I don't want to say, because I need to nourish my own body. Mm -hmm. And then also to go beyond that, it needs to be nourished with good foods, things yes. that are going to actually nourish my body. Um, that's a great way to advocate for yourself and telling your boss, hey, I can't sustain this. Mm -hmm. And I have to point out in terms of the food part, I, the gluten and dairy free thing really kicks in there because I was having trouble with my gallbladder and my digestive system and it took forever to figure out what was wrong. And once you get to a point where your body basically fails on you and says, hey, we can't do this, whatever junk you've been putting in me, it's not going to work anymore. Like that's when you really realize you have to like prioritize your health. Like these days, I actually just went to the dentist and they said, I need a crown for one of my teeth. And they're like, it's going to cost this much. Is this okay? And I'm like, honestly, I don't care how much it costs because my health is so important to me that yeah. it doesn't matter. Like you could shock me with the number. I'm still going to pay it because my body needs that in order for me to have a healthy lifestyle in general. I'm, I'm going to like pass out if I have a toothache that I've been ignoring just because I couldn't like convince myself to pay for it and things like that. So I know that about myself now that I'm in my 30s and it changes my priorities. And that is really what it comes down to is reassess where your priorities are and whatever that number one is for you, what are you going to do? to prove to yourself that it's important to you and change the way your and this is again, going back to your habits because your body is so used to like a certain way of living that you have to recognize that it's going to take you a while to implement that change. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and I totally understand that because I recently found out I had a gluten uh, sensitivity. It's not an allergy, but mm -hmm. taking that out has changed all kinds of stuff. Like I'm like, Oh, yes. I have energy. I, and it took me 10 years to figure it out, but no, <laughs> it's so bad, right? No, I, I totally, same way. Like it was shocking to the system, like the amount of food that I had to throw out of my pantry in order to adopt this and all that. But the fact that I can like eat my lunch and then not feel like 30 minutes afterwards that I've just been stabbed in the stomach. Like, yeah. It, the amount of time I save not being curled up on my couch because I ate something bad. It's amazing. Yeah. And, and you get to be more productive you feel better and you feel great. And then you don't feel like you have to hustle to because yes. you're behind now, right? And you, mm -hmm. it also gives you this clarity. And I think that's so important as well, right? Just getting that clarity of um, what we need to do, how we can do it, um, taking the time out to um, journal or reflect um, on how far we've come, being grateful in all those things. Um, so this could have almost turned into a whole health podcast, which I think is, <laughs> is equally great and very, very important. And um, I am too also number one with my health and uh, 
we sing a lot of the same songs. And so I appreciate that about you. And thank you so, so much for coming and sharing this with us. Um, if they want to get in touch with you, how do they do it? So you can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn as tj.wey, or not dot, sorry, tjway, wey. And then on Instagram, it's tj.wey. And I'm also for my podcast, it's Asian underscore detox for the Asian detox podcast. And I'm sure they can find that on all the different platforms, right? Yes. Once it launches August 10th. Okay, perfect. And I'll put that all down in the show notes so you guys can uh, have it right at your hands. So thank you guys all again for being here. I'm your host, Donette Palmore, and I'm on a mission to empower you to give your money more purpose so you can live your purpose. Thank you for listening to Your Money on Purpose podcast. If you got value out of this episode, I would be forever grateful if you would leave a review and then hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast so that you never miss an episode. Thank you again for being here. And until next time, remember money is just a tool that we get to use to live out our purpose.